I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's good, hype? Welcome in to the Husker 24-7 Hypecast. I am Mike Schaefer, joined, as always, by Brian Christopherson, Michael Brunts, and this week's special guest, 1620 The Zones, John Bishop, joins us not to talk about the Florida A&M Rattlers. Instead, we are going to be talking about the Maryland Terps. A uh, little bit different sport, a little bit different game, but I'm sure uh, I'm sure that there's some crossover value in there for you, John. Well, uh, if you want to talk about, you know, gaudy uniforms, uh, Maryland and Florida A&M have that in common. Uh, Florida A&M's got the very bright green and bright orange and Maryland. I, I'm, I, I don't know what Maryland's going to bring to this game on Saturday, but uh, the helmets will likely be very busy and confusing. Well, that has uh, been a hallmark of Maryland football for as long as uh, really I can remember. You know, it's one of their the great traditions they bring to the Big Ten and have been bringing since the uh, mid 2010s. All right, uh, Hypecast, you guys know how this goes. We're going to start on the offensive side of the ball, uh, where there's no shortage of of real questions uh, for Nebraska, and we will start with Michael Brunts, and we will start with Emmett Johnson. Brunts, do you think, based on what Matt Rule has said? Uh, you know, and talking about the running game, do you think there's a chance that we see more Emmett Johnson going forward or the consistent sort of 13, 14 touches a game that we have gotten over the last month indicates more likely where Nebraska sees Emmett Johnson? Yeah, I, I would like to see more Emmett Johnson. I think Matt Rule would like to see more Emmett Johnson. I don't know that we necessarily are going to see more Emmett Johnson. Um, it seems like the 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 recipe they're working towards is kind of a split between Grant and Johnson with the carries and then a little sprinkle here and there just a sprinkle of uh Josh Fleeks and I think that's going to be you know what what they're going to do the the one thing I will say though is it it would seem to me that this is the kind of game where if Nebraska wants to try to get downhill a little bit with the running game they should be able to do that Um, the question is whether or not Nebraska's, um, play callers and coaching staff is willing to continue to stick with it because even back in that Michigan state game, I mean, that first drive out of the gates of the second half, you're, you're moving it great on the ground. You found some nice plays and then, you know, you're throwing it on first down or you, you, I think they ran an option keeper or something like that on first down and, and it just, it puts you behind the chain so much. I would like to see more of just turning around, handing the ball off and a little bit more, uh, more of that and a little less reliance on Heinrich Harburg um, going forward. But I'm, uh, I, I would not bet on that happening, but I would love to see it. 
BC, we uh, we have spent the the week kind of hearing about the maturation and progress of of Malachi Coleman. He only has four catches this season, but it has seemed noticeable out there watching him play. Whether it is blocking, whether it is uh, you know the opportunity he had on on the jump ball, um, you know it seems like we are getting the development Nebraska is hoping for. Unfortunately, they have to play Malachi Coleman a lot. What, what have you heard from the coaches and what have you seen with your own eyes from the talented freshman wide receiver? Malachi is playing pretty well. He's been open more than um, his stat line suggests. Um, you know, on that throw that Harburg made to Jaden Doss where there was about two or three defenders around him, he had Coleman for a layup, man. It would have been a big play. And it's that sort of it's that sort of catch. Like if you could get Malachi on the we, we almost saw him break it huge one for 90 plus yards but he he would have had that one on the run he would have had 20 25 he might have went to the house on it so um he's he's found space so that's encouraging and he's a great blocker like he's uh i mean it, i know people don't really know what to make of the pff grades but he had like a 91 blocking grade and everybody in nebraska's program just says he gets after people and he had that quote about how he loves to take a grown man and just physically move him where he doesn't want to go and that got everybody all fired up on twitter the other day so um there's a lot to like about where his season's gone i think in the last month he's really picked it up you know i just hope harvard can find him a few more times this week and and keep building that john overall as you sort of assess nebraska's offense as we move deeper into the month of november did did Saturday's game against Michigan State sort of give you pause, or do you think it was more of a speed bump as they proceed here in the final three games of the season? Honestly, I didn't. I, I try not to come out of it with any more of a take than I had going in. I, I mean, the offense, yeah, they ended up losing the game, but in many respects, they played very similarly to what they have done in the previous, you know, three or four games. The difference was the defense was a little bit better in those other games uh, and the special teams wasn't as much of a concern in terms of field position. You know, the offense is really in a spot where it is what it is. I think if there was one thing and maybe it was the grass, I mean, you guys, those of you who were there in person maybe had a different perspective. It just seemed like Harburg was just a little slower or a, a step less sudden uh, than he normally is. Not that he's, you know, Kyler Murray out there, but it just seemed like he was, you know how, you know, if you've got your cable remote and you put it in slow motion, it's on that first click down. It just didn't seem like it was all the way there. Um, but outside of that, really, the offense to me looked very similar to what it had been. They unfortunately make turnovers in bad spots. Uh, sometimes the play calling gets a little bit wonky. Um you know, if there was one thing that came out of it that was a positive, if we remember back to the Illinois game and all the silly penalties, no penalties in a game for the first time in almost two decades. So, no, I didn't I didn't really come out of it thinking that the offense was all that much different. It just shows you how much this team has to really play team football in order to win games. And if one side or one unit is just a little bit off and you have a team that's just good enough to exploit that, it can end up, you know, swinging a three-point win to a three-point loss. Brunts, what realistically can we 
expect with with Nebraska's usage of Josh Fleeks. You mentioned him when we were talking about the the running back situation. He had the big touchdown against Michigan, but he also had a couple moments in the red zone uh, last week on Saturday where you can sort of just see there is a level of explosion that he kind of has or or just, I, I want to say after the catch, where he feels more dangerous than maybe some other options Nebraska has. Is there is there a way that they can utilize him more? There is. I mean, I, I think they have to pick their spots with him. I mean, you, you look at most of the carries he's had. I mean, it's been stuffed to the outside. Um, they, I you know, he, he's a dynamic enough pass catcher that I think they could take advantage of that a little bit. I mean, I we've talked about the screen game a ton. I don't know that that's necessarily in the cards, but I think you can do some short passes that aren't, you know, more of a traditional screen to get him involved. I mean, I, I think what was it? Six carries he had last game, something like that. I mean, I think that's about the right number as long as you pick your spots with him. And I think he can be a little bit more of a factor in the passing game than what he's been. So, I mean, like there was the, there was like a back shoulder throw to, I think Anthony Grant was the one that was in there for that play. I know it's hard to just have a small number of plays built around one guy, but I think that's kind of where he's at his best right now. He's not an every down back, but I think he's a an explosive change of pace from the other two. I mean, I think it's worth seeing what they can do um, to, to get him in in, in space because he is. I mean, you've seen it a couple times where he's he's a dynamic runner when uh, he gets ahead of steam or uh, gets gets the ball in space. John, how did you uh, how did you feel about the sort of revamped looking offensive line in its second uh, week playing together? More the left side, obviously, of Teddy Prohaska. And Justin Evans Jenkins. Yeah, you know, it was good in a in a pinch a couple weeks ago when uh, Justin got in the game that, you know, I, I didn't think really Nebraska missed a beat. There were a couple of times on Saturday where it looked like he got beat a little bit. And I know a lot of people are going to look at the seven sacks and that reflects, you know, poorly on the offensive line. But I would say, and I think Matt Rule explained this on Monday, that, you know, a couple of those sacks were because, you know, maybe um, – Heinrich didn't climb the pocket or maybe moved into a sack. Um, and one was missed on a, on a running back blocking assignment. So it, 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 it wasn't great. Um, it, it, it feels a little bit like a, a step back, but all things considered, I don't think it wasn't the reason Nebraska lost the football game. Um, it was a combination of different things that did it. And, um, and, and all in all, um, especially given, you know, the news that we got two weeks ago, I think it was two two or three weeks ago, given all the injuries, uh, I would have, I probably would have been more concerned in the moment that, oh my God, this is going to be a disaster. And as we've seen the Nebraska offense, while not great, hasn't, hasn't taken such a noticeable step back because of it. So I think you're going to get some good, uh, experience out of this. And uh, and it's just going to make these guys better down the road. And especially once you start getting some guys back and healthy, uh, I think it's going to it's going to bode good things for the program. BC, we did get to see Billy Kemp on Saturday, but probably not in a role that anyone wants to see him in again. What can you tell us about the punt return situation and how do you feel like that played out for Nebraska on Saturday? Uh, poorly is how it played out. Um, I mean, he, 
a couple of the fair catches. I think it was because it was so trained in his mind, like just secure the ball. I think that might have played a part in why he fair caught those at the seven and the six. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt there. But there was that one earlier, too, where he could have had like 20 yards of, of you know, real estate. And um, he was just, I think, very trained, like you're just catching the ball. That's all you're doing. And Matt Rule took that on himself after this week. He said that was on him. I don't know what they're going to do because I don't know that they want to burn Ethan Nation's red shirt. So it really depends if Billy is capable of being a threat at all this week. He might go back there um, just with a little bit more aggressive nature. Uh, but if he's not, then they might say, hey, it's worth our while to let Ethan Nation burn this shirt, play these last three games and whatever comes after it and um, really grow in that role. And that it'll be a little bit of a gamble. Like if that happens, you know that we're all going to debate in three weeks whether Ethan Nation had that one big return or whatever, you know. So, But if he does, if he makes that one play, you know, that's 40 yards or something special and it turns a game, then it'll all everybody will be uh, clapping about it. So I think that's where we're at is Billy Kemp's health is going to decide basically what you do with Ethan Nation. And if you let him have it, I did like how he went stepped up there with confidence and Ethan nation that is, and caught the first one and, and made a little move with it. Got five yards. I mean, that, that was encouraging from what we've seen. So um, I, I, I'd be excited to see it if it, if it happens. Is Kemp healthy enough to help as a receiver? Well, that I kind of think he, like either he's all or nothing, right? Like, yeah. I mean, either he can do the punt return and receiver and be what you want him to be or, or neither. Um, so, I mean, give him credit for wanting to make a go of it. And I think he's a good leader in, in that room and stuff. And he took his share of criticism for those fair catches. But again, I, I think he was under coach's uh, instruction there. And that played a big part in it. Yeah. All right. Let's switch over to defense. And we will start with this. Uh, Nebraska, is there a bigger lift that they could get defensively this week than re getting the return of Prince Will Uman Mielin? Uh, from the concussion protocol, Michael Brooks? Uh, it would be big. I mean, you know, with, with the way he had been trending the last few games, I mean, not having him in there, it, it wasn't noticeable. But, I mean, he he's become one of Nebraska's better pass rushers. He's great in space, and that's what this game is going to be a lot of. So, yeah, I mean, that, that would be huge to have him back. Malcolm Hartzog's the only other one, I guess, that's maybe a little bit questionable for uh, Saturday, and that that's – that's at least notable, I guess, but kind of not as dire given you have Marquise Buford back. But yeah, I mean, you know, Cam Leonard seems like he's playing a lot better than what he had been coming off the injury. I think Prince Wall gives him something there. James Williams sounds like he's probably he's going to play this one. And then, you know, likely I think we'll, we'll play the last two. But, um, you know, I, I think having Prince Will um, would be big because he was playing really good football before the injury and um, this is going to be a game where Nebraska is going to have to not only get after the quarterback quickly, but also be able to to complete the sack if they're they're in the neighborhood for it. BC, what have we heard from the coaches this week as they've talked about Maryland football and and what to expect from them offensively? Well, it it all comes back to Talia, like, Talia and just like his um, ability to uh, make stuff happen with his feet. I mean, he's thrown for 2,486 yards. And when you look at like where Nebraska's offense and you compare it, it's it's quite a contrast. So um, he's, he's he's a very talented guy. 
Um, but I, I think that they're very cognizant of, uh, of contain this week. Like you can't, you can't let him, uh, get out outside of, uh, the pocket and feel comfortable. And, um, you know, they're going to have to, uh, they're going to have to get him to the ground and, and make him uncomfortable early in this game. Uh, put some hits on him. I mean, it's gotta be one of those old fashioned games where you make him feel you early in the game. And it starts to affect throws later on because uh, if he gets in a rhythm early on, he's very difficult to stop. Um, their run game has been, uh, you know, not not that great. But um, I always say, you know, Nebraska's their, their corners have to play better this week, you know, because this this is going to be a real tough test for them. And Tommy Hill's got to be dialed in. He's got he he can make great plays, but it's kind of up and down, and he's just got to level off that performance a bit. Quinton's got to be an all conference kind of guy this weekend. Um, that that's what they're going to need. They're going to need to be really disciplined and sharp on the back end. John, what do you think about this matchup with Nebraska's defense and what we've seen of it this year? And and we know what we're going to get from Maryland's offense in the passing game. Well, and that this is why, I mean, I think you could make an argument that this might be the toughest to win of the, of the next three, because where Maryland is strong that's where Nebraska's strong unit, Nebraska, might be a little bit weak. Now, I say that, and you look back at what Tonga Viola has done, you know, and really as Maryland's season's gone, his statistical line has gone. I mean, he was averaging upwards of eight, nine yards per completion those first five games, but starting with Ohio State and through Penn State, that number's almost been cut in half. I mean, he, he averaged, you know, less than five yards an attempt against Ohio State, uh, less than six yards an attempt against Northwestern. And, you know, talking earlier about, you know, his ability to get out and run a little, his numbers kind of remind me a little of Hudson Card in the sense that if you remember the talk before that game, uh, there was concern about Hudson Card using his legs. But when you looked at the rushing numbers, he didn't have anything overly spectacular and I thought Nebraska did a nice job of kind of containing card and not letting him you know get away and I think if Nebraska can do the same thing and then go to what you know BC just spoke of of getting just that leveling out performance by your corners you're going to have an opportunity uh the 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 key is always I always think back to this because I remember when George Darlington said it before the Florida Fiesta Bowl many years ago uh, when I asked him, what's the first key to stopping the fun and gun? He said, got to stop the run game. And we're, we're like, what, really? Well, the run game? What are you talking about? But it's that idea of making a team one dimensional. Uh, and I think with, you know, Maryland not being able to run it quite as well, Nebraska doesn't have to be terribly exotic in doing that. They just need to be who they are. Then they can really focus on what's happening in the back end. But yeah, this this one has me a little nervous because if if we see first half of the season, tongue of Viola, uh, it's going to be a long day. Okay. All right, this this question each of you can uh, can throw out a name. Uh, we'll just go around the panel here. But who do you uh, who do you perceive to be the defensive X factor for Saturday? And we will start with absolutely no preparation that this question was coming with Michael Brooks. Josh Hotmacher, like. If you think back to the three games that Nebraska won in every one of those games, I mean, Nebraska unquestionably was dominating the middle of that defense. And I think it goes kind of what John was saying. You know, if you can wreck shop in the middle and, and 
kind of own the, the line of scrimmage there. That That's going to make Maryland one-dimensional. If the pocket's going back towards Tagovailoa, you you allow your Prince Wills, your Cam Leonards to to you know kind of come around and and do what they do. Um, so if if Hutmacher, if Ty Robinson can really kind of own the line of scrimmage, I think Nebraska's defense has a really good shot in kind of shutting things down because I, th- I think Nebraska has the athletes to run and tackle. Um, if if the defensive line is not able to hold up its its end just in base defense. Uh, then Nebraska might be in trouble. So I, I think if they can have a big game, big game up the middle, or at least an impactful game, I think that goes a long way to helping out Quentin Newsom, Tommy Hill, and the guys in the back end. Bishop, who else stands out for you? I'm going to go Isaac Gifford. Um, you know, when Gifford's had really good games, uh, Nebraska's had really good games, and and not that he was horrible last week, but there were a couple of times where he bit on play action. Uh, I think the the big pass to the tight end in the first quarter was one. Um, you know, it, it, as long as he is, you know, his usual discipline self. And then obviously if tongue of Iola breaks contain, um, you know, he's going to be one of those last line of defense, or at least someone that needs to be able to keep an eye on him while doing his assignment in the back end. So I think I'll go with, with Isaac Gifford, which is, a you know, not to, not to brag, but it's a pretty solid choice because it, it, again, he seems like a pretty good barometer for, you know, how well Nebraska's defense is playing that day. All right, BC, who you got? I'll go, I'll go back to Tommy Hill. I mean, I, I just think Tommy, um, his upside is way up there. And you go back to even the first drive against Michigan State um, when they were in the red zone. He had a third down breakup where he almost could have picked it. And he's got that type of ability. And I think he can make that kind of play in this game. But he's had some of the other ones go uh, against him, too, you know, where, where he bites and, and gets beat deep. And um, so he's just got to have one of those days where he was like really good. We get the good Tommy and, um, you know, Nebraska, and he kind of thrives and, and gets a pick and or pick six, something like that. I feel like this defense has got to make something special happen on one play or something. And he's the type of guy who could do it. Yeah. I'm going to toss out the name Jamari Butler. I would like to see one of Nebraska's edge guys just sort of have a game where they're just kind of always in uh, the face of uh, Tunga Vailoa and making things difficult in the passing game. And I, I feel like whether it's him, Cam Lenhart, Prince Will, one of those guys, you know, MJ Sherman, someone gets on, someone just gets it going from the edge. Uh, and it's just sort of in Maryland's head all day. I think that could be really helpful. All right. We're going to take a quick time out when we return. It is prediction time. That's oddly specific predictions at picks to click. And score predictions, will anyone pick Nebraska on Saturday to beat Maryland? We will find out when we return here on the Husker 24-7 Hypecast. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. 
www.angiesearnings.com. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Prediction time. I warned John Bishop. This is his first appearance on the Husker 24-7 Hypecast, and so he has never had to make an oddly specific prediction before. But one. the good news for him, he's got Michael Brunts, He's got Brian Christopherson. He's got me. We can show him the way. Brunts, where are you going with your oddly specific prediction for Maryland's game? I think Nebraska is able, against all odds in this game, to get a 100-yard rusher that's not Heinrich Harburg. I think we see Emmett Johnson. I think Emmett Johnson just barely goes over the 100 mark. They get a a late touchdown to kind of put it away uh, and, and, you know, ease the tension in Memorial Stadium. So Emmett Johnson is going to plunge in from four yards out late in the fourth quarter, maybe like seven minutes left. Um, defense is still going to have to make a couple stops, but he plunges in from four yards. That puts him at 101 yards for the game. And that 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 to me would be a, a big upset as a 100-yard rusher. So Emmett Johnson, 101 yards in this game uh, with, with the, the late touchdown putting them over. All right. BC, what do you got? Uh, Malachi Coleman's going to catch a 57-yard touchdown um, in the second quarter. It's going to be uh, uh, kind of a crossing pattern. He's, he's just going to catch it on the run. It's going to be a nice throw by Heinrich on that one. And, uh, the, you know, the guy's not going to c- quite clip his feet. He's just going to keep rolling. Um, he, they're, there's going to be no high-fiving a teammate, um, on the way. Cause they know that that could be a penalty now. So they'll avoid that. Um, so a 57 yard touchdown for, for Malachi, uh, Coleman. Okay. Uh, here's one for you. Josh Fleeks is going to score Nebraska's first and Nebraska's last touchdown on Saturday. And he's going to do it one rushing one receiving. So two touchdowns for Josh Fleeks. There will be Nebraska's first and last touchdowns of the game, and he will get one as a running back. Well, he'll get both of them as running backs, but one on the ground, one through the air. So we're we're just going to eliminate all other context of it. You can imagine how it happens amongst yourselves. Bishop. The forecast for Saturday calls for mostly sunny skies, a high near 60 with winds out of the south from 11 to 16 miles an hour with gusts as high as 24 miles an hour. So imagine, if you will, when Nebraska is traveling to the north end zone, that they are put in a punt situation. Brian Buschini had a terrible game last week. We all know this. But Brian Buschini is going to take advantage of the gift of Mother Nature, and he is going to uncork a 60-plus yard punt that is going to hit inside the 10-yard line and do one of those Alex Henry 45-degree angle juts towards the sideline and go out of bounds at the 4-yard line, thus setting up Nebraska's defense in prime position to record a safety, which may factor in to the prediction that I have for the game coming up. 
Wow. All right. He was ready. Yeah. I told you. I was ready. He was very ready. All right. Uh, picks to click for Saturday. Brian, what do you got? Okay. I was I was gonna say Malachi, but I already I it's got I gotta go a different angle. You, you um, talk a lot about Malachi Coleman yeah, on this too podcast. Much, too, too, too much Malachi. Um I, I'm gonna go uh I think it was Bishop who said a uh, GIF is a key guy, and I think he's gonna play well. So I'm gonna I'm going to uh, copy his notes a little on that, and I'm gonna say uh, Isaac Gifford has a big game. I don't know if he'll get involved in a turnover, but that that would be nice. Uh but he's just he's just gonna be you know, remember when Jojo Doman had that kind of game against Ohio State that one year? It might have been his last game, and it was just like a really good performance. I think Gifford had, gives us one of those type of games on Saturday. I was, I was hoping you were going to compare the Jojo Doman like the Dwayne Haskins hit that he had. Like Gifford's going to have one of those. Just That'd separate Tunga Vailoa from the ball. Nebraska Ooh. falls on it. So that's where I thought you were going. Uh, I'm just going to take my X factor of Jamari Butler, make him my pick to click, and tell you he's going to have one and a half sacks with three hurries on Saturday. Jamari Butler, breakout game. Book it. Brunts? Uh, I'll go Nash Hutmacher. It may not be reflected in the stats column. We're going to say he's probably going to have four tackles, but every every one of those tackles is going to be one where you're like, you notice it. So Nash Hutmacher, four tackles. My pick to cluck, even though I'm at Johnson's going over 100 yards. Bishop. I'm going to play it easy. I'm going to go with Heinrich Harburg. Um, I think he needs it, 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 he needs a bounce back. Um, obviously, the tenor around him has changed <laughs> a lot in the last week. Uh, there's still a lot of people that support him. Obviously, his coaches and Matt Rule loves him, supports him, loves you know what he brings to the team in terms of competitive level. Just play within yourself. Um, you know, play smart. Let some of your other teammates work for you make some of the easier throws that's certainly possible and to bc's point if you can find a malachi coleman who has been running open at times um i'm sure that's been pointed out on film i think uh, i think one of the, i think nebraska if they're going to win this game need needs a big play in the passing game and i think harburg can deliver it uh, with those windy conditions i talked about in my oddly specific prediction it'll be curious to see you know, who's got the wind at what times and how they can take advantage of it. I thought Purdue did not play it very smart two weeks ago with similar conditions, and I think Nebraska played it better. And as long as they do that and Harburg can make just those couple of throws and limit the mistakes, uh, you know, the Huskers will have a shot at six. It does seem like if Nebraska makes a bowl game after the game, it's going to be one of those situations where, you know, you get Matt Rule talking about, the weather and the the impact is you're you're talking about the wind and all of that and I, it does feel like I can visualize that scene in my head. All right, well we'll find out if anyone thinks Nebraska is going to qualify for a bowl game starting on Saturday. Maryland one point favorite. Last time I looked at the the books, I don't know if there's any line movement there, uh, but Maryland slight favorite in this game. What does the panel think, Brian Christopherson? Where are you going? Oh man, I'm going to pick Maryland. Um... 23 to 20 um it's because of the it's because of the consistency of the turnover problems and until i see nebraska break through there um i i kind of expect it and i just don't know if they can survive a day where you turn it over three times um and i might be giving maryland two credit i think maryland high-end maryland is pretty dangerous and kind of a tough outfit 
and they're going to be kind of a wounded animal themselves playing pretty desperate. And so I just don't love this matchup in some ways for Nebraska. Um, but I'll say Maryland 23-20, close game. Um, going down the wire, we won't know who's going to have it with four minutes left, that kind of game. Bishop. Well, uh, the numbers at times don't necessarily back Nebraska in this spot. Um, Nebraska's been a home dog in the month of November uh, 11 times in the last 10 years, and they're only 2-8 and eight in those games. But if that line stays as short as it is, I mean, you basically have to win to cover. And this is a foreign spot for Maryland. It's only the second time in the last 10 years that Maryland's been favored on the road in the month of November. So I'm going to use my uh, specifically odd uh, prediction and say that a safety will be the difference in this one. I will go Nebraska 15, Maryland 14. Ah, yeah. I like it. A a 29-point game in Memorial Stadium featuring Nebraska and Maryland. Which will be the highest-scoring game in Memorial Stadium in the month of November. Yes, it will. That feels like a fair prediction. Outside of the state playoffs, of course. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Outside of what West Side puts yeah. up. <laughs> All right. Now, brother. that might be a fun prop bet, right? Let's do yeah. West Side first half points in the Class A championship versus, versus the points total. scored the rest of the season in Memorial Stadium. That's, we we could probably find a book that'll take that action, I'm sure. All right, Bruns, break the tie. 1-1. One, one. I'm going to go to Nebraska um, against against my better judgment. I think this is going to be a day where the defense bounces back. I, listening to Tony White on Tuesday, he was pissed. Uh, he's still pissed. I think he's going to be pissed on Saturday. I think he's going to call plays like he's pissed. I think they're going to try to get after the quarterback a little bit. I think Nebraska's defense is going to hold up its end of the bargain. Special teams will play about even. And Nebraska somehow – whether it's a special team score, a defensive score, uh, Maryland turning around somehow and rolling the ball out of its own end zone. Nebraska gets to 25 points and wins 25-22. Okay. All right. I am uh, I am also going Nebraska against my better judgment. I don't know why. I just feel like they're going to show up and play well on Saturday. I, I agree with Brunson's assessment. Just listening to the, the clips from – from uh, Tony White and, and really Matt Rule as well. And I, I expect a better effort from them. I, I think they would be the first to say they didn't show up and play with their best effort against Michigan State. And I think we're going to get that. Uh, you know, Michael Severe said on the Sunday side session that Maryland typically coming off of the Penn State game has really struggled uh, to put up points. Usually has been pretty beat up in those games. And he thinks their motivation coming onto the road uh, in this spot will be um, sort of hard for them to to get up and play really hard after that game as well. So I think Nebraska's in a good spot here. I'm going Huskers 27, Maryland 21 uh, victory to get to bowl eligibility. We'll see. We will see how it all goes. Any final thoughts from the esteemed panel here as we get people fired up for Nebraska versus Maryland? Does the scoreboard go that high anymore? 27, 21? Well, hey, look. It was uh, 31-14 just a few weeks ago, so right, it's not, not terribly far. From so they have tested it. Okay. Right. Yeah. They're going to send somebody up there mid-game with some light bulbs to screw in a few more <laughs> to, to make sure. Hey, it's not like we're getting Iowa Northwestern here, all right? Yeah. We'll get that in two <laughs> weeks. Thank, thank you all for making me the jerk with your picks, by the way. I appreciate oh, it. Uh, <laughs> That's I'm why sorry. you went first. Your face just screamed, I'm going to do something here. <laughs> 
Hey, by the way, if I hit my any of my predictions, please do not. Well, if you tweet at me, I'm not going to see it until long after the game because I'm going to do my very best because Creighton is playing at the exact same time to go spoiler free. I don't know if this is possible wow. in the in 2023. I want to be able to get home, get back into my chair and watch the game on tape delay on the Peacock. So um, I, I, I'm going to see if I if this is possible in 2023. Aren't, aren't they just going to have like the score flashed up during the, the game at some point? Oh, uh, probably, but I'm going to do my best. The last time I had to do this, I was working Nebraska women's basketball. This was like 10 years ago. It was when uh, the 49ers played the Giants in the NFC Championship. And I was recording the game and I didn't, I didn't want to, I wanted to watch it spoiler free. And they would, they would rotate the scores, you know, on that, that old scoreboard they had in the end zone. And I was the whole game, I'm doing PA and I'm trying not to look <laughs> and I managed to do it. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to see if it's possible in this day and age to go spoiler free for roughly eight hours. Uh, which, which of those games do you think was more entertaining? The, the, 49ers Giants one which I think the muff punt kind of yeah ended it or uh you know this Maryland Nebraska classic that we're gonna see on Saturday <laughs> well um that's a good question uh I'm, I don't know I don't know which one was more entertaining of all the games I could not have been spoiled on. That was probably one that, you know, I could yeah. have lived without being spoiled. You could have just seen the score on that and kind of visualized what it yeah. looked like. I think that'd have been, that'd yeah. been fine. All right, everybody. This has been another production from Husker 24 seven, the Husker 24 seven hypecast. We appreciate you paying attention, giving us your time. And of course we would love it. If you stop by Husker 24 com, where we'll have plenty of coverage of the game. We'll have coverage of Nebraska's matchup against Florida A&M on Thursday. BC will be at the arena to uh, to let you know how that one plays out. And uh, there'll be recruits in the stands on Saturday. There's high school action on Friday. I'll be at a game Friday night. So there will be plenty of coverage of everything going on as this calendar gets really busy here in the beginning of November. No better place to find all of the action than Husker247.com. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.